in between fantasy football podcast season four let's go baby yeah there was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go and that come at us could come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we ain't looking back maybe we were all way too high maybe that's our fault it's gonna be a crazy time but it's gonna be a fun time life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice all right all right all right is a snow falling feel good friday november 18th in a time of unrest, both in the fantasy football landscape and in the Twitter streets, we are here guiding your way into week number 11, the in-between fantasy football podcast back with you today on this glorious Friday, Seth Woolcock, me leading the way for you, joined by my co-host, a man who has a love-hate relationship with Scholastic. He is known as the tight end collector around these streets, Nathan Polvote, Nate how are you today? I cannot believe we're already halfway through November. This fantasy football season is getting deeper and deeper by the day. I only have roughly, oh, four hours of freedom left until Jackson has the next seven days off of school. But it's Thanksgiving, and dude, I can't believe we're heading into week 11 of the NFL season. Insane. Insane, it's man. It's been a glorious season so far. It's going to be a glorious season moving forward. And today we do have an absolutely stacked show, Nate. So can you let our IBT family know what is on the agenda for this day? Well, coming up in about 15 minutes to do some start sit questions, we have friend of the show, Mr. Eric Romoff of Dr. Roto and pros with Joe's, which I am failing in miserably in my league. I am so sorry, Richard. And then after that at two ten, we have Brian Drake of pro football focus. He's on Sirius XM FF hustle. Great guest, Seth. I'm really excited for these guests today. I am absolutely jacked up and ready to go today, Nate. We're going to make the best of it, and we're going to do it with our IBT family. Looks like we already have some familiar faces back in the chat. We got Dave, Toronto Dave. Sup, Goofies? It's Feel Good Friday. Absolutely. He's saying, loving the passion, Seth. That's what we do here, Dave. You know us here at IBT, baby. That's what we're about. Um, if you guys are new to the Inbetween family, welcome in. Thank you so much for making us a part of your busy Friday afternoons. If you like this type of content, please give us a thumbs up on this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel, as well as we are also on Apple, Spotify, everywhere else you guys get your podcasts. So get in while you can. We're just coming up. And I, I can't thank these guys enough for all the support this season, Nate. We are growing like a weed here on YouTube, as well as our website. So we greatly appreciate it. And also this week, Nate, which was a super cool announcement, we've teased it a couple times throughout the, this season so far, but the In-Between Media merch store is officially up and live. We, uh, we're already low on inventory. I will say that. We already have been selling out of a lot of sizes right now. I know Dave picked up his shirt. Excited to ship that up to Canada to him today as well. Um, but Nate, it's been awesome to have some merch and we have some new designs in the works already. 
Yeah, man. And these shirts are comfortable. Like I wear this all the time. Jen and I wear them all the time. There are many days we match in these shirts just sitting around riding. So get one. They're awesome. I am very thankful for our IBT family for picking those up this week. It was uh, it was a hot commodity off the shelf, so we appreciate it greatly. But, Nate, let's get to this Thursday night football game last night before we get into our start sits with Eric here just around the, the quarter till mark here on the East Coast. And it kind of felt like a quick game to me. I was kind of working while also watching this game, and I felt like every time I, I looked up, there was five minutes off the clock. Green Bay secondary looked absolutely shot. Traylon Burks looked like a monster for that they could not handle. Robert Woods looked frisky again. So overall, man, um, what did you think of this game here, Nate? Obviously, Tennessee, they win this one 27-17. They dominate through the air. Ryan Tannehill has his best game of the year. And the Packers, they fall to 4-7. and seven. They have to run the table probably to make the playoffs now. Yeah, that's not going to happen. This Green Bay team is just bad. Uh, they showed flashes on offense. But in Tennessee, to be fair, has a good defense. But I think what I took away from this game is two things. First of all, Green Bay's defense can't keep up with the rest of the NFC. They're toast. They're toast in their own division, which is saying something. But Minnesota has that on lockdown. And I don't think they even have a chance at really making a wild card at this point. But Tennessee's the real deal. We had questions about the offense outside of Derrick Henry. I did. Yeah. I did. I had huge questions. And we had talked about this previously that – I mean, realistically, their offense was Derrick Henry. For fantasy purposes, there was nothing else viable. And while that still may be true, Ryan Tannehill moved the ball effectively against what we thought was a good secondary earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah. I I think to me, I'm taking away more that I just don't believe in the Packers defense whatsoever anymore rather than I, I am maybe a resurgence for Ryan Tannehill. And I think it just comes down, down to I am not expecting Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, to keep his job much longer. I've talked about it at length the last couple of weeks, but he refuses to use his players in a way that makes sense to me. It was good to see Rasul Douglas finally get an interception again. Um, but overall, it was a very poor, poor performance by the Packers defense. And I'm just not, I'm playing everyone I can against the Packers right now. Like they did a good job of stopping Derrick Henry. I think Henry only averaged somewhere around three and a half yards per carry, which was nice on 20 plus carries. Um, but it was just bad performance overall. Let's talk about some of the fantasy implications, though, for the Packers, Nate, and starts with Christian Watson. He comes back after a glorious day last Sunday and puts up 21.1 PPR points for the young stud. Two more touchdowns for him. And as our guy Akash uh, pointed out on Twitter last night, I love this tweet. Um, I am a DJ Moore hater. I will pre preface this, but uh, Christian Watson has scored more touchdowns in the last two weeks than DJ Moore has in his in any season of his career. So. I just thought that was pretty funny. Um, but, Nate, how do you feel ab about Christian Watson? Is he the number one for the Packers moving forward? Alan Lazard, though, also saw a career high, 11 targets, only made five for 57 of them work. Um, how do you feel about him? Randall Cobb back in the fold as well, had a nice day. Um, what do you kind of make of this Packers receiving core moving forward? Do we have answers? Well, I think Lazard has the safest floor of any player in this wide receiver core. However, Christian Watson, all apparently he's the red zone guy, okay? Which is interesting. He's going to be touchdown dependent rest of this season, but I think that's okay because I think he's going to be the one that Rodgers is going to feed when they're down inside the 20. Randall Cobb still, I mean, unless there's an injury, he will get targets here and there, but he's never going to be a feature piece. 
And I, I like the schedule kind of coming up for Green Bay after the bye. It's Philly and Chicago these next two weeks, which could be okay. They're, they're not the best secondaries, but they're not the worst. Um, but, but the playoff run here for the Packers, Rams, Miami, Minnesota, all very favorable matchups, two wide receivers on the season, Nate. So if I can get Christian Watson, maybe if the trade deadline hasn't passed and maybe someone's trying to sell him high, if I can get Alan Lazard even more, I would be targeting both those players in my leagues to try and get for this playoff hall coming up here, Nate. Yep, absolutely. Christian, I love what we're seeing out of Christian Watson. It took a while. It did. We, and it, I think it took, what we're seeing is maybe a little bit of maturity out of Rodgers where he's like, okay, I have to throw to the young guy because what else am I going to do at this point? There's no more Devontae Adams. Christian Watson could be the Devontae Adams. And the monkey's off Christian Watson's back now, which I think will be very beneficial to him. Aaron Jones had a pretty nice day as well. 12 for 40 on the ground does add six for 20 through the air. So he still has that floor. Aaron Jones. I don't think you need to panic there. AJ Dillon though. Oh my goodness, Nate. And I, I will put the pie on my face. He was my all in coming into this season. One of the worst all ins I've ever had six for 13 on the ground for Dylan and just one for 10 through the passing game. He was a very involved part of their receiving game last year. I expected that more of that without Devonte Adams. Um, I don't think you can drop AJ Dylan because if something does happen to Aaron Jones, he is a must start, but you cannot play AJ Dylan. If it wasn't for the handcuff appeal, he wouldn't be rostered at this point, Nate. Well, they actually were using him in the passing game through the first three, four weeks, but then it just stopped. Like it, the well dried up, except for week six, he had six targets, but he's just not seeing that passing volume, which is what we needed to see out of him for him to be fantasy relevant. We all expected. You can't drop him, as you said, but you can't start him. Absolutely. Looks like we have some more IBT family members in the chat today. What's up, Albert? Good to see you. Good afternoon to you, our friend. And we have some questions coming in. Eric, just hold on a couple more minutes until we get our first guest of the day in, and we will uh, make sure to answer that question for you. Um, Nate, but I do want to talk about the Titans a little bit here because we did say it was somewhat of a resurgence for Tannehill. Um, came out here, had a really good game, 333 passing yards on 27 attempts, 22 completions on the day for him, two touchdowns, one interception, and it was the rookie Traylon Burks who had his coming out party, fresh off coming back off IR, seven for 111. Robert Woods got his hands dirty, six for 69. But over the weekend, we saw Nick Westbrook, Akine, Nate, have a huge day. He comes out in just two for 28 in this prolific performance from Tannehill. So how do we make sense of this? Is there anyone that you're jonesing for to get on your roster, um, get in your lineups, or is this more just a blip on the radar for you? So I like Traylon Burks, and I think this is indicative of what his usage is going to be rest of season. But I told you guys, Nick Westbrook, Akine, if you read my column earlier this week, he has one of these games every season where he has a bunch of targets, he has a boom game, and then he just kind of falls off again. He had two targets for 28 yards, but also it should be noted, most of his points last week were on one drive. Yes. Yep. So I think Traylon Burks is the one you want. Robert Woods, you can roster, but not expect to play every week. And that's kind of where it sits for me. Yep, and Tannehill may be a streaming option, but yeah, I, I think the the issue here with the Titans moving forward is the schedule coming up. Cincy, Philly, Jacksonville, next three games, all solid negative matchups, four quarterbacks and wide receivers, and then the Chargers, Houston, and Dallas to finish it out. I am not going to feel confident unless Traylon Burke shows me some some more of this in the next couple of weeks. I am not confident that he can come back against the Chargers, Houston, and Dallas to end the year and be uh, be someone I want to roster and be someone I want to put in my lineups that late in the season. 
just my thought. Um, but I think that kind of closed the door here, Nate, on Thursday night football, unless you have any other final thoughts. Austin Hooper, uh, I know you're a tight end collector out there. He had 19.6 PPR points on the day, two touchdowns for Mr. Hooper. Yeah, he's he's seen usage the last couple of weeks. I think it's interesting. He might be a playoff period option. Maybe we'll have to see how it shakes out. Yeah, and crazy what's happened to Robert Tanyan just before we jump forward as well. I mean, wh- what else can you say about Tanyan, Nate? I mean, he comes out a couple weeks ago, sets a franchise record for receptions, heavily targeted, and since then he has been devastating for fantasy football, belongs on your waiver wire. Uh, this is Robert Tanyan. Yep, yeah. I mean, I get, I get excited because he's a fun story, you know? He's a very sure. fun story. So, <laughs> Nate, let's go ahead. We're going to answer some questions, though, in our next segment here, Matchup Management. Who you got? Matchup management. Who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be? We're gonna tell you that right now. And to do that, we're gonna welcome in a very special guest. He's the sneaky link of the IBT podcast. He's the founder of Pros with Joe's and an analyst over there at Dr. Roto. Probably coming from us, I think, in what is an attic in Texas. Guys, give it up for Eric Romoff. What's up, Eric? What's up, boys? What's up, buddy? Nice and chilly in my attic. Eric, how are you doing today, though, man? How are the vibes on this glorious Friday? Any snow out there in Texas yet? Not snow, but it is blisteringly cold. uh, About 54 degrees right now. So that is Uh... about (laughs) blizzard by Texas standards. Eric, it's 17 degrees here buddy yeah it's the same thing no these are the same 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 same. eric how are you feeling coming into the week man uh it's been a bumpy last couple weeks in fantasy football injuries still piling up and underperformers everywhere we look yeah i mean look i i still can't believe we're heading into week 11 it it completely blows my mind but the the stretch run in fantasy football is easily the best time of year like you've got a good picture of which of your teams are really going to make a deep like contender run. You've got a last minute window to do some tinkering to mm-hmm. catch up those teams that are maybe just a piece or two away. I mean, this is where, where it all culminates, right? All of the, all of the analysis, all of the strategy heading in now get to now get to put it to practice. So love this part of part of the year. Yeah. It's when the tides turn for sure. You see who's who in your league and who's here to play. Eric, let's jump into some questions here, man. And the first one came in a little bit while ago from our guy, Eric, um, Eric to Eric here. Muth or Cole Komet this week? We've talked a lot about Cole Komet here on the IBT podcast. How do you feel about both of these guys, young tight ends who are kind of hitting their stride right now? Yeah, I mean, look, I was I was here banging the drum for Cole Komet over the course of the summer. I'm I'm not going to change my position now, right? The the breakout is finally here. His his usage in this offense has largely remained the same. It's just everything about the offense has picked up. Their pace of play has gone up dramatically. Uh, obviously Justin Fields is running all over the place. So that is opening up passing lanes for Cole Komet to score five touchdowns over the course of his last three games. I mean, we, this is the breakout we've been waiting for and I'm going to ride this train as long as it stays hot. Nate, are you also riding the train? Cause I know you've been parked at the station all year long too. I am, especially cause he has the better matchup. I have to ride Komet, man. I love Muth though. I do love Muth as well, but commits the hot hand and he's the one who's getting fed a little bit more and it's a better matchup. 
Yeah, I want to be a part of that Falcons Bears game. Which, if you told me this four weeks ago, I would say I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> Second highest over under on the slate, though. That's incredible, in my opinion. So, yeah, I want to ride in that game too. I do think Muth has maybe the safer floor here. We've seen it a bit more, um, but I- I'm still not like in love with a Matt Canada offense right now. So I'm gonna agree with you guys. I'm gonna go away from my guy Pat Frymuth here, Penn State's own. Pittsburgh zone, and I'm gonna go with Cole Komet as much as that hit, you know, just kills me to say that. Eric, we did it. We did we it. We finally converted him. Yes. Ask me next week and let's see what happens. But you know, right <laughs> now, right now I'll roll Komet. Um, we got Lucius back in the chat. What's up, Lucius? Hope you're having an amazing Ooh. Friday, our friend. He says, Afternoon, guys. Good show as usual. I already have Hertz and I'm on a nine and one team, and my backup is Fields. My tight end, however, is Pitts. Would you move fields for Mark Andrews straight up? I'm concerned about Andrews and the injuries still. You know what I would try to do here personally? Like I would try to package somehow like fields and pits and go after Kelsey. Like I just don't yeah. think I want to go after Mark Andrews. Like he probably maybe, I mean, he still is tight end too after missing a couple games, Eric. How do you feel about it, man? Um, I, I just don't know if I, I, I love really any tight end outside of Kelsey right now. Yeah, I've got a I've got a pretty similar vibe, right? I'm I'm pretty worried about the outlook for Andrews with his recent uh, you know battles with injury. Also, I mean, if if you're going to move on from Fields, I I appreciate that you need to sell high on this opportunity because you're going to have a headache with him and Hurts for the rest of the season. But I, I I like I like your your take on it, right? Like I'm looking to package him and really get into an elite tier of player really at any position, right? If it's a tight end, great. You know, if, if you can, you know, package him with, uh, you know, kind of a mid-tier wide receiver two and get into the wide receiver one game, I think that's more the the line that I would take on moving fields. Nate, any more thoughts on this? It looks like he's also adding some context. Also, um, as not much of a side note, I've been killing it in my leagues with your guys' help. I sincerely appreciate that. Okay, so we appreciate I that. that. <laughs> I, I thought he was uh, adding some context here. But, but Nate, after uh, a little pat on the back from Lucius, how are you feeling about it? I would look at – you've got to improve upon your tight end position. Kyle Pitts is going nowhere this season. It sucks, but it's the truth. If you can move fields for – you're probably not going to get Kelsey. You could get Andrews. It's a little bit of a dangerous play. Uh, look at like a fields for Dalton Schultz and like a wide receiver too. No, no. You don't I'm think not so. Taking, I'm not. Schultz. I don't, Schultz, is I don't, Schultz is an upgrade over Kyle Pitts though. And if you can get much. him, in, if you can get Schultz and a wide receiver too for Justin Fields, I'm okay. you wouldn't do that. I I would consider it, but I still think I can get more from Justin Fields right now. I mean, the guy back to back. Okay, how about this? How about Hawk? Would you move Fields for Hawk? And something. And And something. something. Hawk and something. Hawk and like a wide receiver too. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. that Wide receiver too. I would be okay with that. I I still Tyler Boyd. Curtis Samuel. Yeah, that was Samuel. (laughs) They're technically they're technically wide receiver twos on the season. You're doing a bad job on selling Lucius here. I'll tell you that. I right am now. not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I don't mind that analysis. I still am always kind of looking to package up and get that elite player. But the, especially with Lucius here, it sounds like he has a very elite team. So he might not right. need a wide receiver two or three. Okay, um, fair enough. Then so get yeah, that, get that second tier player to position you need it. 
Okay, here we go. Um, we got a question here from uh, oh, Al- Albert saying he's in Texas, also 57 hey. degrees. So, hey, Stay good warm, for you Albert. guys. Um, I-, I think we're about I'm not gonna get the buffalo snow, but we do get a little bit of lake effect a little bit north of us. I'm going up to get a haircut tomorrow, so um, I'm-, I'm gonna be braving some of the snow. I'll keep you guys updated though, but definitely not like thoughts and prayers with the people in Buffalo. Like, let's no be kidding. honest, guys, that is craziness happening up there for real. No, thanks. Here we got uh, we got Davey here with a question. I got a question, if I may. PPR start one, DJ Moore or Jarvis Landry? Man, Jarvis Landry is a risky play right now, Coming, but he's coming back against the Rams, so it is kind of an enticing matchup here. Um, DJ Moore against the Ravens. This one is icky all the way around. Eric, do you have a lean here? Yeah, I'll probably lean DJ Moore. Um, you know, at, at this point... In both of their careers, he's the far more dynamic player. Certainly. Obviously, you know, didn't have uh, all that great of a start to the season with Baker Mayfield under center. But I think with uh, the new coaching staff in Carolina, they'll continue to try to feature him. And, you know, this this past defense for the Ravens hasn't been all that good. They've been better lately, but they're still kind of middle of the road. So I, I think a, a player like Moore can take advantage of that. Yeah, I, I just think like Jarvis Landry is too risky. I, I don't like DJ Moore. I don't like playing DJ Moore, but Jarvis Landry just coming back is not something I want to get into, especially with how Andy Dalton's looked the last couple of weeks. Nate, are you slamming home on DJ Moore this week? Oddly, yes. This is the worst show ever. I'm just going to say, I've had to say I want to start DJ Moore and Cole Komet. Like, if you look at me as a brand, those are the two players I fade the most every single year, every single week. Chad is just trolling you today. I love it. Just wait until you have to tell someone to start Kadarius Tony this week, Seth. Hey, I, 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 haven't, I haven't been that much of a hater on Tony. I don't. I think I've been fair to Tony for sure. Um, MVS, maybe not. That's a different question. Um, it, it, Toronto Dave in the chat saying, oof, that must have hurt Seth. We're here to comfort you. And he's referring to the Cole Komet start call. So the DJ Moore one, you were supposed to comfort me, Dave, and you did no such thing, our friend. <laughs> here we got Bob Jimmy back in the chat. Good to see so many familiar faces. Hope you're doing well today, Bob. Would you start DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Darnell Mooney, or Mike Williams if he plays in the flex full PPR? Nate, I want to come to you first on this. Another question with players I do not like right now. So how do you feel about it? So if Mike Williams plays, you probably start Mike Williams. Yes. But if Mike Williams does not play, which I have a sneaky feeling he might not, I'm going to go Darnell Mooney because Atlanta has been absolutely putrid against wide receivers. And I think that Fields has is gaining enough confidence in the passing game that we could see Mooney have 10 targets. How do you feel about this, Eric? Are you going to unfortunately say if, because I, I think the answer is Mike Williams for sure, if he's going. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, how do you feel about it? Yeah, completely agree. Like Mike Williams, if he goes is, is the choice here. Um, for me, I'm probably between Mooney and, and Deontay Johnson. Uh, I'll, I'll air on the side of Mooney just because of that, that increase to the pace of play for the bears, right? Like their first five games, they were playing, uh, they were averaging about 54 offensive snaps a game. Over the last five, they're they're actually pushing well into the 70s, right? So, like, the volume was always, or the lack thereof for volume was always the concern for these Bears skill positions guys. And now that's no longer really an issue. So, give me Mooney. Okay. Okay. I, man, I'm really on the fence of this one because 
Deontay Johnson has no ceiling right now. I don't know if he can find it. He has not scored a touchdown yet this year. I've consistently laid anytime TD bets on him, thinking like, oh, this has to be the week it happens, and it hasn't happened. So Deontay Johnson's cost me a lot of money this year. It's cost me a lot of ADP that I, I took him and, and maybe trade for him in a couple leagues. I don't think I can. I don't think I can sit him over Darnell Mooney. I, I or I don't think I can start him or sit him. Excuse me over Darnell Mooney. I think I want to start uh, Deontay Johnson. Look, it hasn't been great for him, but he's consistently getting you ten PPR points. Mooney, on the other hand, he's right around somewhere in that anywhere from seven to thirteen. So I think maybe Mooney has a little more upside, but I think the safety valve is there with Deontay Johnson. But Bob Jimmy, bottom line here: if Mike Williams goes, you start him in this one yeah. against Kansas City. Yep, no question. All right. We have one here from Eric. Which one do I sit this week? Amon Ra, Terry McLaurin, Gabe Davis, or Pittman? Eric, I'll let you uh, kick this one off, man. How do you feel about it? Uh, this one's kind of tricky. Um, of the four, I'm probably going to sit Gabe Davis. Um, he's a he's a very boomer bust profile of a player as it is. So under perfect circumstances, he could still be the lowest scoring player of this lot. Um, you know, on the other side, he could certainly, you know, pop off for these huge games. But, you know, given all of the mitigating circumstances for the Bills, this, you know, uh, surprise travel day, a little bit of a lingering arm issue with with Josh Allen, um, he's definitely got the lowest floor and he'll hit the bench for me. Okay. I definitely think you have to start a Mon Ra here and Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin showed me a lot this last week. Him and Taylor Heineke are the real deal together, fellas. They absolutely went off against a team in Philadelphia with Darius Slay that I was really afraid to put Terry McLaurin in my lineups. I agree it's down to Gabe Davis and Pittman for me. I think if you need to chase the upside with uh, with Gabe Davis, if you've gotten a hole last night, maybe on a Thursday night football game, consider Gabe Davis for the upside here. And this is against the Browns, um, who do chew a lot of clock. So I, I do understand maybe that game goes by quickly. Um, Pittman's been consistent. So I would just say if you need the floor, take Pitt, Pittman. If you're chasing the ceiling, take Gabe Davis. How do you feel, Nate? But I'm going to say I'm sitting Pittman. I don't like the matchup against Philly. I don't like that Darius Slay is going to be blanketing him. I think the guy who gets fed this week is probably a different receiver. Alex Pierce or Paris Campbell could be Kylan Granson. Don't know. I just don't. I think Pittman's going to be shut down by the Philly D. Gabe Davis, I think he could have a decent week. Okay. Okay. So it's between Gabe Davis and Michael Pittman here. We're kind of split on the two. It, again, if you kind of want to play it like I did, if you want the upside take Gabe, Gabe Davis. Um, let's go here to Keg. Trade question. Do I trade Lockett and Rashad White for Mike Evans and Gus Edwards? He says he has Saquon Barkley, Kenneth Walker, ETN at RB, um, Justin Jefferson, Pittman, Mike Williams at wide receiver. So he could use a little bit of a wide receiver upgrade here. Um, but is Mike Evans that much of an upgrade here? I, I personally think I'm staying put with, with Tyler Locke and Rashad White, guys. Tyler Locke, it's been a wide receiver one so far this season. I think I almost like rather have him or just as much rather have him than Mike Evans rest of the season and probably want Rashad White over Gus Edwards um, rest of the way. Nate, how are you feeling about it? Exactly what you said. Okay. Eric, any uh, additional thoughts from you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in lockstep with the, the two of you. Really, the only thing that I would add is – I know we're kind of backing up against trade deadlines in most leagues, but there is a world where Rashad White really takes off and becomes 
one of the most valuable trade assets to have in fantasy. Um, so hanging on to that for the upside, I think gets you more upside than kind of the incremental increase from uh, Evans to, to lock it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I agree. And right now you have to deal with Evans by this week as well. So uh, not really like week 11 is a big time that you need your players to go. So mm-hmm. I, I like that analysis there. Um, and here we have another one from Dave PPR, Devin Singletary, AJ Dillon. No doubt where I'm going with this. It's Devin Singletary, guys. A- oh, AJ Dillon already played, Dave. So I think you yeah. uh, th- think you might be in a little bit of trouble there. Hopefully Lock you did not in. start AJ Dillon. <laughs> Who would you start between Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, and Devin Singletary in the flex? Eric, we saw a little bit of burst out of Najee last week. Are you expecting the same here against the Bengals in the Berg with uh, possibly some snowy conditions? Yeah, I, th- I think that I, I think that I am. Um, you know, these these guys are super close together on on my rankings this this week. So, you know, of of the lot, I think Najee probably has a little bit more upside. Um, and you know, given the given the weather conditions, given the matchup. Um, I think he might get fed just a bit more, so I'll I'll go with uh, I'll go with Harris. Nate, how are you feeling about it? Because Najee or uh, Brian Robinson, as Bo and Connor and Sven on our DFS spaces on Wednesday night, they were hyping up B Rob all week because it is the Houston Texans who have been gashed by running backs all season long. We saw it on Thursday Night Football in Week Ten. Are you firing up B Rob or are you uh, tr- trusting Singletary Najee here? No, I'm firing up B Rob. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, like you said, the Houston Texans are giving up 30.2 PPR points per game to running backs. We are 11 weeks into the season. That is a ridiculous number. Second of all, I think this it becomes a negative game script for Najee because I think Cincinnati is going to get out to an early lead and Pittsburgh's going to be playing catch up. So they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more than they would normally. And I think this might be a, maybe a Jalen Warren game. We have seen Warren be more involved in the, in the last couple of weeks, so I understand. Did, did you say you would go B Rob? Then is that your answer, yeah, Nate? B Rob's my guy. Okay, this one's tough for me. I think maybe we're starting to see the upswing for Najee Harris, so I am going to take Najee Harris in the snow. If it was different conditions in Pittsburgh, maybe this weekend I would consider it differently. Um, but they're going to get hit by a little bit of snow and cold weather over the weekend as well. So I'm going to go there and hoping uh, hoping he can be a Yeti light, kind of what we saw from Derrick Henry last night. I don't know if you'll throw the touchdown or not, but uh, th- there you go, Bob. Hope we helped you out there. He says, thanks for the advice, by the way. Certainly, man. We appreciate you tuning in, supporting the show. Here we have good old Blurpy. Should I trade D-Hop and Alave for Diggs or Jefferson? Very interesting question here. And um, I pointed out a couple weeks ago that I thought Chris Olave was maybe at his ceiling where he was. And I think that is what we're seeing right now. The Saints are a pretty bad offense, pretty bad team in general, probably going to be bottom five in the league to finish out. They don't have a first round pick, which sucks for them because they spent it to help get Olave. Um, but D has been phenomenal here. And, but I mean, I, I love trying to get in that high end wide receiver one tier, Eric. Um, how do you feel about it? Because I never want to say no to not going after Diggs or Jefferson at the same time. Yeah. I, I think this one really is going to boil down to the context of the team, right? Like if, if you're starting both Hopkins and Alave every week, then you need to make the comparison of that versus Jefferson and whomever well, from your bench yes. is coming up. Right. 
Um, assuming that you're not starting one of them, then yeah, absolutely. I would, I would, I would make this move. Uh, I agree that we've kind of seen Olave's ceiling, right? It seems like the saints are kind of in a, a bit of a tailspin. Um, that has always been the case with the cliff Kingsbury led Cardinals as well. Right. I don't want to invest in that team or offense. And of the two, I would lean towards Justin Jefferson. I mean, it's, it's been a small sample, but since TJ Hawkinson has arrived in Minnesota, JJF's air yards have exploded. His average depth of target has exploded. They're they're really using uh, Hawk to draw a bit more defensive coverage over the middle, so that JJF can get open down the field. And I mean, his his upside is still increasing, which is kind of a crazy thing to say out loud. Yeah, you, you know what's crazy about Justin Jefferson too is like if you guys watch these games in Minnesota, he scores 15 points on the first drive every freaking week, and it drives me insane because then for the next two quarters he does nothing, and then in the fourth quarter they have to dial him up again. It, it it's an insane way to watch it, but every single week he gets a touchdown. It seems like on the first drive or at least you know five receptions, 57 yards. Nate, with all this said, um, are are you with Eric here that? If he isn't starting both Olave and D Hop, you're making this trade. Oh, absolutely. If you can get Justin Jefferson, you kind of have to get Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and it kind of comes down to two, like if you are starting Olave, who's that other replacement you're putting in there? If they're a serviceable player, I would be okay with it. Um, here we have some information here from Blurp. He says, I have a Monra too, which is really good to see. He oh, says yeah. RBs are Cook, ETN, Kamara. Henry and Bacheco. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Me, dude. Yeah. So, so he's pretty much firing out Henry or Kamara in his flex. Absolutely. You do this trade 100%, man. This looks like a league winning roster. Um, congratulations to you, man. That is a yeah. really, really well done there. Um, I, I like that. I like that trade offer a lot. We got Dave asking PPR Kelsey or Taysom Hill. I love the comedy Dave's coming in with today. It's always bright in my spirits. Um, and then, and then Blurpy is telling Dave, Taysom Hill, Dave, Kelsey is so bad for fantasy. Um, <laughs> this is all sarcasm. Those of you who can't read sarcasm, totally sarcasm. Uh, but we appreciate it either way. Here we got Keg. Start Pittman versus Eagles or Jacoby Myers versus Jets. Half point PPR. Man, Jacoby Myers has been so solid all season long. The Philly defense scared me a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I don't know how I don't know how I feel about this one, Nate. Do you have any uh, any thoughts on this? It's a bad matchup either way you look at it. But Jacoby Myers is kind of the alpha in the receiving core on that team, so I'm going to go Myers. How do you feel about it, Eric? Um, these are very good cornerbacks from the Jets, man. Sauce Gardner has been uh, nothing short of spectacular, as well as the other corners there in New York as well. So. Thinking that, would you go Pittman against Darius Slay? It's kind of a lose-lose in some aspect. Yeah, it's a it's a tough spot overall. Um, you know, for for me, Jacoby Myers, you know, lining up in the slot as much as he does, he'll see the most favorable of the matchups, or I guess the least unfavorable of the Jets matchups. Right, the Jets secondary is really playing at at another level. Um, but you know, from a from a matchup standpoint, I do think Myers will be in a position to where he should be able to to take advantage of of Carter. Carter's allowing a catch on seventy four percent of targets thrown into his coverage. So, you know, Myers is a bit more of this kind of high volume type. I think you know we'll we'll see him pr- turn in a, a pretty typical effort for him, even in a somewhat tough matchup. Okay, 
you guys talked me into Jacoby Myers, honestly, so I'm going to go with Jacoby Myers. I love the analysis you guys brought to that. Great question, though. Both uh, both kind of tougher matchups for these two, who you know, generally good wide receivers that we've seen so far out of them this season. We got one more question coming in here from Jacob Ander. What's up, Jacob? Hope you're having a great Feel Good Friday. Thanks so much for making us a part of it. Need two wide receiver and one flex in PPR. Sutton, Deontay Johnson, Darnell Mooney, Devin Singletary, and Gibson. So needs two wide receiver and a flex out of these five options. Eric, uh, I don't know if you had enough time to digest this, uh, but but where are you going with this? Yeah, so I'm going to go with Sutton uh, coming in without Jerry Judy this week. At least uh, all all signs are are leading that way. Um, I'll I'll stick with with Mooney. We talked about him relative to Deontay Johnson a little bit earlier in the show, and then for the for the flex spot, it's not going to be Gibson. I'll. I'll lean towards Devin Singletary. I mean, he's got a he's got a steady role in this offense. They should continue to be in scoring position often. Um, so yeah, lock me in with Sutton, with Mooney, and with Singletary. Okay, Nate, um, where are you going with this? Well, I'm with Eric on Sutton and Mooney. However, I'm going to say Antonio Gibson because again, the matchup. Yep. The yep. running back matchup. It's not just going to be Brian Robinson. They're going to be able to run all over the place. So I'm I'm taking I'm taking Gibson on that. Every time we count out Antonio Gibson this season, fellas, he comes back and and shows value, whether that's in the receiving game without J.D. McKissick or whether that's vulturing a couple touchdowns from Brian Robinson. So I'm with you on Gibson there, and I'm probably going Johnson. And, man, I I don't know. I, I, it's a toss-up between me for Sutton and Mooney. I, I apologize for not being decisive, but I think this is kind of a trap game for Cortland Sutton. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I really do. I felt that way with a couple players this week, and he was one of them. So play him at your own risk, but I cannot get behind the Denver Broncos this week. So, I, yeah, I'm going to go Deontay Johnson, Mooney, and Gibson here. But uh, appreciate the question, Jacob. Hope you uh, subscribe to the channel. Come back and hang out, out with us again. And, guys, keep the questions coming. We will try to answer some with our next guest as well. Eric. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, man, making time for us. I know it's been a busy Friday for you out there uh, in the Lone Star State. So where can we uh, best support you throughout the remainder of the 2022 fantasy football season and beyond, my friend? Yeah, um, all of my work rolls up into my personal Twitter for however long Twitter still exists. It's at <laughs> Fantasy Nav. Um, if, you, uh, if we don't have Twitter, you can check me out at drroto.com. I'm actually going to be doing a live stream as I do every week with the football diehards tonight on their YouTube channel, covering some DFS for week 11. Um, and then check out Green Screens Media on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube um, covering college basketball. We just ramped up a bunch of World Cup coverage. So if you're looking for some kind of uh, niche sports and secondary sport coverage, Green Screens Media, you can find my face all over that as well. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, man, taking time out of your busy Friday, and we'll see you soon. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, guys. Always good to see Eric on the show, Nate. And uh, we're about uh, we're about right after a quarter after, so let's go ahead and jump into Sure Things Sleepers of the Week. It's the Sure Things Sleepers of the Week. week. 
All right, sure thing, sleepers of the week. This is your thing. Nate, you have been absolutely hot lately with sure thing, sleepers. You are on a roll of three straight here, um, and our guests have been doing really great lately as well. And we're going to bring in a very special guest today um, to help us once again here, and he's the host of the Fantasy Football Hustle podcast. He's the host of PFF on Sirius XM Radio, and he's a writer for Fighting Chance Fantasy. He was a finalist for the FSWA Fantasy Football Article of the Year. Guys, give it up for the one, the only, Brian Drake. What's up, Brian? Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. Happy Friday. Nice to be on the show here. You guys, it's got a nice little format. I dig it. Thank you, man. man. Thank you. How are you doing today? Uh, I I see you're an Eagles fan from uh, right behind you. I am. I'm an Eagles fan. I live in upstate New York, luckily two hours down the road from Buffalo. So they've got feet of snow in Buffalo. I have nothing outside my door right now. Really beautiful because I hate the winter more than anything. But then again, why do I live in Syracuse, New York? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Aside from the weather, Brian, uh, how are the vibes heading into week number 11? It's been a kind of a crazy season so far. You know, I was just thinking about this when I was getting lunch before the show is isn't fantasy sort of broken down into different quadrants? You know, you've got your preseason, all the guys you hype up, and then it's like, you know, there's that waiver wire period and you're feeling out injuries. And then all of a sudden, these last few weeks of the year, you have guys who come out of nowhere. You've got guys who go on IR and just magically, yep. you know, you never see him again. People get hurt and you're like, oh, he'll be down for a week or two. They're done for the year. You know, and then we get these guys who pop up, the Jalen Warrens of the world. And now, uh, you know, Kadarius Tony's a big thing, Christian Watson. So it's like if you're not on the ball making waiver wire moves and staying aggressive, you're going to fall behind. And I see that in so many leagues that I'm in right now. Yeah. I, I certainly agree with you, man. It's a changing landscape forever here. And uh, we still got, what, seven, eight weeks left of it. So excited to jump in here with you. Um, before we jump into our short thing, Sleepers of the Week, do you have any uh, time for a couple of listener questions as well? Hell yeah, let's go. Awesome. Let's give people bad advice. Don't, awesome. don't tweet at me. No fantasy <laughs> receipts on me if you get this wrong. All right. P- half PPR question here from Donald Trump's hair. I got Mahomes, Mixon, Aaron Jones, Mike Williams, Garrett Wilson, Pitts. Do I trade Amari Cooper and receive Foreman? Looks like he needs some running back help. He has Jeff Wilson, Rashad White, and Gus on his bench. So he already has some. He already has Mixon and Aaron Jones here. Um, how do you feel about this one? Because Amari Cooper has been very viable, but we do have the Deshaun Watson factor coming back here, Brian. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to do this trade to receive. Uh, actually, wait. Do I? trade this guy has good running backs if you look he's got Mixon, he's got aaron jones already played this week you can't trade him jeff wilson's a very viable running back on his bench and rashad white who knows could become uh something i don't know how many running backs he could possibly start but no i I like what amari cooper's doing and you're going to get deshaun watson back in a few weeks i'm keeping amari cooper Okay. Nate, any, any additional thoughts here? Uh, I mean, Foreman has been excellent, but Amari Cooper just stable all season season long, which is surprising for him. There's just no reason to go after Foreman and the upside with Cooper is there. I mean, seriously, Jeff Wilson, Rashad white, he's got Gus on the bench, mix in Aaron Jones. There's no, you keep, you keep Amari Cooper. Yep. I'm 100% with you guys. Love the question, Donald Trump's hair. Uh, Hope you come back, subscribe to the channel, um, come hang out with us again. 
And uh, looks like that's all the questions in the queue for right now. So Brian, we're gonna we're gonna tee things up for you. Sure thing, sleepers of the week. Nate's been on a hot streak. We've had some guests on a hot streak last couple weeks. Who is your sure thing sleeper of the week heading into week number eleven? All right, so it's one of those waiver wire darlings that we've been talking about uh, all week long, and mine is Paris Campbell going up against my Philly Birds on DraftKings. He's forty three hundred, fifty eight hundred on FanDuel. He's only owned in less than half of ESPN leagues. I looked it up today, 49.5%. That's crazy. Again, that's people asleep at the wheel. So the, he's going to play against the Eagles. Eagles slot corner Avante Maddox is on IR. So he's going to be going up against a kid named Josiah Scott, who they actually got from the uh, Jaguars a year or so ago. Campbell's a Matt Ryan guy, right? He disappeared with Sam Ellinger, but everyone did, right? Matt Ryan returns in week 10, and he saw a tie for the team lead in target percentage, 33%. Now, some sites, I went looking around the interwebs to see where Paris Campbell's projected for the week. Uh, uh, these are big-time sites. Wide receiver 32, 36, and 41. In the last two Matt Ryan starts, Campbell's had 20-plus PPR points and 18-plus in his last three. So it's all about opportunity here. Uh, in his last three games with Matt Ryan, 32 targets. Seven for 76 and a touchdown last week. I can see this game getting a little out of hand if the Eagles force him to play more up-tempo because they get ahead. Eagles play a lot of zone. They're going to be trying to stop the run, so I could see him slipping behind some linebackers, finding a little bit of space. I'm all for it. I, I think Paris Campbell has another 15, 20-point week against his Eagles secondary um, that is going to be trying to, you know, first and foremost, the defense, we're going to stop Jonathan Taylor, and we're going to make sure we take away Michael Pittman. Everybody after that can run around the middle of the field, do whatever they want, as long as they don't score, because that's how the Eagles like to play, a little bend but don't break on defense, but for us, for fantasy, he could eat up a zillion fantasy points, especially in a PPR, because he's going to catch everything and get tackled. Yeah, I love this call, Brian. I love it. Paris Campbell, like, I don't, like, to your point, like, why is his roster ship so low? Because people are asleep at the wheel and not paying attention. Mm -hmm. We were on Paris Campbell, Seth, what? Three, four, five weeks ago, we talked about Yeah, him. I will say, though, I, I've been on Paris Campbell since he came out of college, so, uh, yeah, I was a little early to the, to the wheel there, but yeah, I understand the call here, Brian. And isn't it funny how the narrative on the Colts so quickly has changed? A week ago, I wanted nothing to do with this team. And right. Jeff Saturday showed us some spunk in his head coaching debut. And with Matt Ryan back in this offense, it changes everything. So uh, I completely agree with you here on Paris Campbell. It's also kind of crazy that he's really overtaken Alec Pierce here in terms of fantasy value. Yeah. We saw a lot of big plays from Pierce, but the consistent short yardage plays that can turn into something yards after the catch is what Campbell's been doing this season, and I love it. So uh, I think that's a great option uh, for a lot of people. Do you prefer him over Michael Pittman this week, or are you still on the Pittman train? Um, Pittman's been solid all season long as well. I can't get behind Pittman. I mean... He's he's just kind of really like this enigma right now. I get it. He's got Matt Ryan, but mm -hmm. he's on the outside. The Eagles have good players out there. You got Slay, you got Bradbury. They don't give up a ton. Uh, whereas now in the middle of the field, Paris Campbell's going to avoid those two guys and go against a backup. So I, I to me, I'd rather go Campbell over uh, over Pittman. I just, I don't know. I just haven't been feeling Pittman all year. Hey, completely understand. Before we jump into some more short things, sleepers of the week, let's answer some, some quick questions here from the listeners. Should I trade Mostert for Elliot? 
Man, this is a tough one. Nate, do you have a lean either way here? Elliot looks like he's going to suit up is what we're hearing on Sunday. Um, but Mostert has been really good. He is kind of the RB2 in that Miami backfield now, though. I wish he wasn't in this position. I feel bad for you, buddy. I'd probably I'd probably make the deal. I think Zeke is more likely to pop with Pollard for some reason. I don't kind of look my gut's telling me to make the trade. I also don't love Raheem Mostert. So a little bit of bias there. Brian, do you have a lean here? Um, either way, the Cowboys have some kind of must-win games coming up here if they want to stay competitive in this uh, NFC East picture. This may sound crazy to people. I'd rather have Raheem Mostert. I think it's a better team. It's a more explosive offense. Uh, you know, he's going to get work. I, we don't necessarily know. You know, is, is he going to get the goal line work? Is, is Tony Pollard going to be there? I know that Mostert's dealing with Jeff Wilson Jr., but at least he's still getting a lot of touches. Uh, so I like that team. They're going to move the ball more. We're going to have some easier matchups and, you know, I'm all in on this Miami offense, man. I think the Miami dolphins have a real sneaky shot at going to the super bowl out of the AFC. Yeah. The schedule coming up for Zeke too. It's like a little bit up and down. They have the giants and the Colts coming up, but then they do have the Texans, um, in, in, I think that's week 14 at that point. So that's a very intriguing matchup. Uh, will, he comes- play? will they, will they feed Tony Pollard at that point? I mean, yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think with the injury, like I would probably just rather take the healthy running back at this point in the more explosive offense, as Brian pointed out. Um, but really good question there from Eric. Here we have one from George. Would you trade AJ Brown and Damian Pierce for Hopkins and Jeff Wilson? Man, this is like some really good trade questions here. Um, first look at it here. How do you feel about it, Brian? <sighs> well, DeAndre Hopkins, I'm, I'm reading reports out there that he he may have some sort of hamstring issue. Uh, maybe it's not the biggest deal in the world, but you know it's out there. Jeff Wilson's playing really, really well. I was talking to my buddy Drew Davenport last night about a trade in one of his leagues to get Jeff Wilson. Um, boy, oh boy. Damian Pierce, I mean, he's kind of zero in the passing game himself. A.J. Brown, I mean, are we really – how much are we upgrading here with either – are we just shuffling deck chairs, to be honest? Like, yeah, yeah. you kind of just stay with the guys you have at this point. We know Pierce is going to get all the touches in Houston. A.J. Brown could have those three touchdown weeks. Um, and you could be without Kyler this week. Who knows? So it could be another right. Colt McCoy show. I'm absolutely with you there. Like, I don't think you're moving up a tier any way you look at it. A.J. Brown, Hopkins are both, you know, low-end wide receiver ones the rest of the way, maybe mid-tier wide receiver ones. Pierce, Jeff Wilson, I think they're both like considerably like Pierce is probably still better than, than Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson's RB2 candidate here moving forward. Pierce is probably still low end RB1. So, yeah, I don't want to just shuffle the deck, as Brian said here, Nate. Um, any interest in making this trade, Nate? No. And what, what kind of turns it for me here between Hopkins and AJ Brown is that the Cardinals have Trey McBride to step in for Zach Ertz. What does Philly have to replace Goddard? Not much. AJ Brown becomes that bigger target. He's going to start to see some of those Goddard looks, I think, over the next few weeks. So there's no way I would make this trade. Keep keep the fresh legs, I think, that you have there. Um, one more question here from Chaka. How much does Josh Jacobs' playoff schedule scare you? His schedule leading into playoffs is terrific, but I'm wondering if I should move him before the deadline. Always good to make sure you're looking forward. Um, he does have a really nice schedule coming up here. However, Patriots, Steelers, San Francisco 49ers is going to be his playoff run here. Not defenses that necessarily scare me against the run. Um, TJ Watt being back for Pittsburgh does mean a little bit more to me. Um, 
overall, I don't think I'm overly concerned, but I just don't, I'm like not hot on the Raiders at this point. Like, do they see what they have in Samir White at some point down the stretch here? Josh Jacobs, he didn't get retained for that fifth year option, Nate. So that's kind of how I'm feeling about it is it's more of that th than the schedule for me. Yeah, it's just the Raiders in general. I mean, it's the team. He had 23 points last week against Indy, but he's just been so wildly inconsistent and I'd move him. If you can get something better, I'd move him. Other than other than this week too, like just in general, I don't think the Raiders are going to win another game, maybe against the Rams here in a couple weeks, but like this is realistically a 3 or 4 win team this season. Completely wrong about the Raiders. Um, Brian, how do you feel about Josh Jacobs? Are you moving him due to the schedule, due to other concerns just out there in Vegas? Like the last two weeks, take or take out week uh, ten here. So the the weeks before that, we didn't love Jacobs because he wasn't getting in the passing down role, right? For some reason, that went away. Now we came back in week ten, you know, and the guy caught six of his eight targets, which is great, you know. So if he can keep that role, I mean, he's fine. You know, he, is he going to set the world on fire like he was doing, you know, in weeks four and seven? Probably not. But it's a bad team. Do you really want guys on bad teams? If you can flip him for someone on a better ascending team who has something to play for, sure, I, I'm with it. But, I mean, don't give him away for a bag of doorknobs or something. You know, he's still a very productive player. Yeah, if you could maybe move up for like a Ken Walker, maybe pair Jacobs with something small and move up for a Ken Walker or someone like that. I love that. I yeah, I would certainly be interested in that, but I'm not just going to give him away. Um, here we have one from Eric um, before we jump back into short things. Sleepers, would you start DJ Moore, Cole Komet, or Kadarius Tony? I'm not sure if this is a joke or not because these are three players I am not fond of normally. Um, he said he just wants to hear from me, obviously joking. <laughs> if this is a real question, Eric, I'm probably going Kadarius Tony just because it is a matchup that I want more a part of. I want to be a part of that game um, between the Chiefs and the uh, and the Chargers here on Sunday. Brian, how do you feel about it? Cole Komet's been on absolute tear lately. Hell yeah, Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I mean, we've got no MVS. We've got no, or excuse me, we've got no Hardman. We've got no Juju. Uh, MVS was banged up a little bit this week. He's going to play a lot. I think you're going to have a sneaky Sky Moore game too uh, if you're looking for a super deep dart. But yeah, I'm playing Kadarius Tony in this spot. He could be the number one wide receiver option for the Kansas city chiefs in this game. And, and please God, can we get some help for Justin Herbert out there as a you know disgruntled Justin Herbert owner. We can keep this game competitive, keep the points piling up and fantasy bonanza for everybody. God, that would be great. Nate, are you uh, going to roll with your boy Cole Komet here? Are you uh, taking Kadarius Tony with just a depleted wide receiver core for the chiefs? No, I'm taking Tony. You know I love Cole Komet, but you have to play Tony. The upside is far above either one of these guys. No question. Okay, last one D here. DJ Moore, three touchdown weekend coming. Yeah, Ooh, don't. I don't think I'll be able to go to sleep on Sunday night if that's the case. Um, any trade ideas here from Blurpy? I'm not going to go ahead and read his whole team here, but he does have a pretty nice team overall, a lot of depth at running backs. Wide receivers could maybe use a little bit of work. He, he kind of talked about this earlier that he was looking to maybe upgrade a wide receiver. I would certainly, you know, if you can pair D hop with a um, or London, maybe, and go after, like you said, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, he kind of threw out that trade for us earlier. I'd be about that. Or maybe if you can just maybe find a stable tight end, I I'm worried about Mark Andrews here. Uh, Brian, how do you feel about it? Any trade suggestions for Blurpy? 
Yeah, sure. I'm looking at this guy's team here, and he's got Derrick Henry. He's got ETN, Kamara, Delvin Cook. Uh, so what I'm going to do with this guy's team is I'm going to trade or, and pa- maybe package Elvin Kamara with some of And he's got Pacheco. Let's take Kamara because he still has a buy coming up. You know, we don't want to sit through that. Package Kamara with, you know, one of the other guys, with Drake London. Maybe, you know, he's coming off a good game. Those two, let's package them together. Let's go after, I don't know, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. See what you can get. Uh, you know, and those guys are on buy this week. So maybe it's buying opportunity. The team you're looking at is like, oh man, I can't do anything with Jalen Waddle this week. Uh, and you could you know, make something happen that way. Because yeah, look at this guy. He's got Pacheco. He's got ETN. He's got Cook, Henry. You, you got all those guys. So uh, sell high on London because God knows when he's going to make something happen again. And Kamara could have Jameis Winston return at any moment. And, you know, that's not going to help his value because Winston doesn't want to check the ball down to him. So that would be my move. Package Kamara and London. See what you can get. Awesome. Really appreciate that analysis there, Brian. Um, Let's go ahead into our short thing sleepers of the week. And I know you were worried about Drake London, but he is my short thing sleeper of the week here coming into week number 11. And there is some risk involved with this. The floor is low with Drake London. I, I can't pretend it's not. But Mariota is averaging 27 passing attempts compared to 21.4 over the last three games. Six targets per game for Drake London during that span. And the Bears defense, guys, has been atrocious without Roquan Smith. Uh, A staggering 488 yards have been allowed to wide receivers in the last three games. That's more than anyone else by 80-plus yards. I just really think that this Bears secondary between Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, they're not good cornerbacks. And I think um, with the, him playing outside so much, Drake London, I am interested in him. Um, and this is one of those games that we talked a little bit about it earlier, Nate, but the over-under is 49 and a half. And I can't believe that's the number. Mm-hmm. Just a couple weeks ago, these were really bad offenses, but it looks intriguing here. And with a 49 and a half point over under, I want to be a part of that second highest over under on the slate and 12, uh, 12 red zone targets for Drake London, meaning he's getting those valuable looks. So he could cash in here once again in week number 11. I'm going back to the well with Drake London here. I mean, I don't hate it. I like you alluded to these deep, both these defenses are really bad, really, really bad. So I think you play kind of the marquee players in this game. I think Drake London is the marquee receiver for Atlanta. I, he sees a bunch of volume. This could be a two touchdown week for him. Maybe he has hundred yards receiving. Maybe we see him with six, seven, eight catches. So I don't hate it. It's Brian, risky. Yeah, it, it is risky. Brian, any thoughts on it? Obviously, I know you weren't too hot on London in general um, coming into it. Well, you look at his target numbers and they're fine, but there's just no yardage here. This kid hasn't gone over 50 yards since week three. So you're in a dome. You're playing against a bad defense. If it's going to happen, it's got to happen this week. Knowing this Atlanta offense, this will be the week that you know Kyle Pitts light a candle, say a prayer, he catches a touchdown. But you know, I, I'm with it. I'm starting Drake London in a lineup as my wide receiver three. So I want this to come through. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just, if he didn't score a touchdown, where's the upside here? You know, I mean, his last, look at his yardage the last four weeks 38, 23, 31, 9, 40. I mean, yeah. what is this offense? I'm thinking he can maybe take advantage of those outside corners. They're rated 72 and 102, according to PFF. So let's hope that comes through. Nate, hit us with uh, your short thing sleeper of the week, please. Well, wouldn't be short thing sleepers of the week if I didn't come to you with a tight end, of course, because it's just kind of what I do here. This week, it's Greg Dulcich. 
Um, I hate this Broncos offense with a passion and it pains me to live in Denver, Colorado right now. It just hurts, but it doesn't sound like we're going to have Jerry Judy. It also doesn't sound like we're going to have Kendall Hinton. So we're looking, we're at Cortland Sutton and then Greg Dulcich. Those are the two targets in this offense. And Sutton has just been a mystery. We don't know what's going on with him, but it's, it's just not happening. Dulcich, on the other hand, has been really good outside of last week. I mean, last week was a dud. He only had one catch. But Vegas is so, so incredibly bad against tight ends that they gave up 12.7 points to Kylan Granson last week. So if Kylan Granson can put up 12.7 fantasy PPR points on this Raiders defense and it wasn't a division rivalry game, I think that we're looking at a big game for Dulcich. I think this is a multi-touchdown game for Dulcich. I think the Broncos put it on Vegas because they want to try and get back in the division. As unrealistic as that sounds for them, but it starts this week and they're going to pepper Dulcich because there's no, also there's no run game here to speak of. I like the call here, Nate. I, I, I think it's a little bit of a trap game. The Raiders defense has been playing better the last couple of weeks. So I don't think we're going to get the, the big rust game that we saw earlier in the season. However, I do agree with you on Dulcich that he is going to probably be the number two or number one target here this week. I don't know if it matters, but no Andrew Beck this week, it's looking like as well. And I don't think KJ Hamler's suiting up too. So they really That's, are depleted here. I just um, automatically assume KJ Hamler isn't playing most weeks. So yeah, that certainly <laughs> Brian, any feel for uh, Nate's tight end love here? I'm for it. Yeah. I mean, we're all about attacking bad secondaries and there's not a lot of athleticism in this Las Vegas defense, uh, really outside of what Max Crosby uh, at D end. So I'm for it. And remember Dulcich just was missed on a play that would have been a touchdown last week. Russ overthrew him. That would change the whole narrative here. People be like, Oh my God, Dulcich is great. He scored you know, two of his four games and all this stuff, but you know, he didn't. So he only had one for 11, but I'm for it, man. I, I like it. I think he's a really ascending good young talent. And that hair. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> so jealous. Well, Brian, we appreciate you being here with us today, man. But how can we best support you, not just throughout the remainder of this season, but moving forward as well, our friend? Sure. So I'm on Twitter at Drake Fantasy for the next 10 minutes until that blows up. <laughs> uh, on YouTube, just search Fantasy Football Hustle, and the podcast is there. This week, I sat down with Joe Dolan of Fantasy Points. We had a good conversation. And then Sundays, 7 to 9 Eastern on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, recapping the day in fantasy, taking phone calls, and having some fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brian. Have a great rest of your weekend and uh, stay safe up there in New York, my friend. All right, Seth. Nate, thanks so much for having me, man. Great time. Thank you. We want to thank everyone so much for tuning in. We are here on Tuesday nights and Friday afternoons with the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. We also have seven days a week content coming for you. Um, so make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel. Check out our website. We got awesome lifestyle and uh, fantasy sports columns as well. Nate, any uh, any final thoughts for the good of the order, my friend? Enjoy your weekend, folks. It's Friday. It is. Hopefully you have better weather than Colorado and Pennsylvania. Yes. If you guys are in Buffalo or in the the northern Pennsylvania area, western New York area, please be safe this weekend. Um, Thoughts and prayers with everyone up there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you all next week. Until then, guys, keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 